business, marketing is a critical activity that can directly impact growth and profit. Yet with so many options available today, how can you choose the right marketing program for your business? Welcome to I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor. If you're looking to better understand marketing, then you've stopped by the right show. Now here is your host, Bonnie Taylor. Hello and welcome to I Think I Need Marketing. I'm your host, Bonnie Taylor. And in today's episode, we're focused on two different topics that are very, very similar. The first is mission marketing. The second, nonprofit marketing. I'm going to be joined a little bit later on by special guest, Brendan Hurley, who is the Chief Marketing Officer with Goodwill of Greater Washington. He knows quite a bit about nonprofit marketing, so you don't want to miss him. But first, I want to remind you that all past episodes and future episodes can be found on iTunes, I Think I Need Marketing. So if you miss something, go ahead, go back, download it, and subscribe to the show so that all future episodes are available on your phone, ready to go. I absolutely love today's topic, both as a marketer and as a consumer, as a buyer. And the reason is because both mission-based marketing and nonprofit marketing are marketing with a heart. They're marketing with a, a additional purpose beyond making money, beyond simply collecting as much profit as we possibly can or opening up different uh, locations or, or just expanding our business. This is marketing that gives back and has a, 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 that warm and fuzzy feeling to it. It's giving to the community or giving toward a cause and using marketing as a platform to, I mean, sounds kind of corny, but to better the world in some form or fashion. Mission marketing is when a for-profit entity, such as a corporation, takes on a cause and adds that as an additional layer to its marketing program. So if you think about advertisements where somebody is giving back or advertising or supporting or doing some sort of additional beyond, hey, this is our product, this is our service, you need to buy it because of this. There's a little extra to it. And it, any business can do it. Any business can do mission-based marketing at any level. Uh, product, service, it really doesn't matter. Location doesn't really matter. Anybody can add this on. Uh, and I'll explain, I'll give some examples just in, in just a little bit. But it's when that, that business goes that extra mile and adds that, like I said, warm and fuzzy on top of everything else. Nonprofit marketing is, just as it seems, it's marketing a nonprofit. Nonprofits are, are of course, uh, entities, business entities that are not focused on making money. Instead, they are and designed completely around a mission, a cause, and all of their efforts, fundraising, uh, donations, awareness, all everything that they do is centered around that cause. They don't take in money for profit, obviously, based off of the nonprofit title. Instead, that all that extra money goes toward the cause itself. The heart of both mission-based and nonprofit marketing is found within the brand itself, the brand approach. The rest of the rules of marketing still apply. Everything we have discussed thus far in all the different episodes still applies to both mission marketing and nonprofit marketing. The only difference is just changing the brand a little bit. For instance, let's start with mission-based marketing. Mission-based marketing can be applied at, like I said, almost any level of business, to a product, to a service, whatever whatever uh, type of business you have, you could incorporate mission-based marketing into your program. Your first step is pretty simple. Identify your mission. Identify your cause. Is it something that speaks to you as, let's say, a business owner or senior management? Is it something that speaks to your team, to your employees? It should be something that is personal. It should mean something to you because your brand will so be associated with it. And once you're connected, you're, you're connected for, for a very long time, <laughs> for forever in some people's eyes. So make sure it's something that really works for you, that you don't mind having that association in, in your buyer's eyes. So you would start by looking at what it is that you're trying to accomplish with your whatever, whatever marketing you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to, um, your goal is. Then you look at your business itself. If you're a service-based business, you may decide to go the very simple route, which is we donate a portion of proceeds toward this mission or cause. Uh, it could be we have employees who 
uh, volunteer a day. We take days of our work year and donate toward this cause. There are a lot of different ways to, you know, to work for the mission. If you're a product, you may decide you're going to tweak your ingredients or tweak your formula to work toward that mission. It, this is a little more complicated, obviously, and it requires uh, much more effort on your part, but it could be something that's that important. If it's something, uh, for instance, if you have a food-based product, maybe you want to be more environmentally friendly or you want to change how you source your ingredients. Um, a good a example that I have, uh, the Smithsonian Institute has a designation they're working on with bird-friendly coffee. And it's coffee that has been sourced from wildlife-friendly areas that are not, you know, rows and rows and rows of coffee beans and, and plants that are growing in an unfriendly way that's unfriendly at least to to uh, nature. <laughs> so instead, these are, it's a different type of growing process. And that would be a designation, uh, you know, if you were into coffee or using coffee products, you might say we support friendly coffee and portion of our proceeds go toward da, 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 da. our ingredients are sourced from, you know, these type of growers. That's complicated, but it is definitely a part of mission-based marketing. Mission-based marketing can also be a complete business business identity. The entire business is based around the mission. An example is Bomba Socks. And Bomba Socks were created by people who wanted to give back. And they identified that homeless shelters, the number one requested clothing item at homeless shelters were socks. So they created a sock-based company and each time somebody purchases a pair purchases a pair of socks they donate a pair of socks to homeless shelters so it's a you know it's a win-win you buy a sock or a pair of socks you wouldn't just buy a single sock but you buy a pair of socks and they donate a pair of socks another company um it's called toast beer and it may not be as familiar it's a little bit smaller i ran across it at an event a couple of years ago and was just completely amazed by it they take uh, like unsold bread, old bread, not, I mean, still good bread, but it's, you know, it's bread that didn't sell or crust from like sandwich makers and, you know, delis that if they cut off the crust or they don't use the ends of the bread loaf, they take that bread and then they brew beer from it. And then 100% of the profits from this beer company go toward a charity that is dedicated to ending food waste. Now, both of these companies are a little bit different because their entire business model is based off of supporting their mission. They have every bit of marketing toward that mission, every bit of marketing toward that single cause. They are ending food waste or giving socks to homeless shelters, and the two are intertwined completely. Of course, not every company needs to build their entire business around the single mission. It's not practical, and there are companies that have been in place forever, and they don't need to go back and reinvent themselves. Instead, it can be an add-on, and an add-on that can become an entire campaign around your mission. An example is Subaru, Subaru Cars. Every year they have, uh, they start advertising, particularly toward the end of the year, they start advertising their Share the Love event. And their Share the Love event is when they give money toward a number of either national charities or local community-based charities. And I believe it's through their dealerships. They can choose the the local community ones. They've given over $140 million toward these different charities, toward these different nonprofits. And it's, it's all within their same model. They're still selling the cars. They're still advertising the cars. It just adds this on to give you the sense of the, the company has a heart, that they're not just in it to take profit and be greedy. And it, it, I'm sure it works because they keep doing it over and over again, and their company is still uh, promoting it every single year. And it's built on, and enough that I can hear the commercials in my head. I've heard them so much that I can hear that you know they support the National Parks Foundation, they support uh, the ASPCA, they support you know different uh, Make a Wish, they support these different nonprofits. And if I was in the market for a Subaru car or a car like a Subaru, I might be swayed to say, you know what, they have that heart. It's an extra bonus for me as a buyer. So you can see how you can add on a little bit. You don't have to change your business model. You don't have to change your your company, but you can add on and tweak your brand a little bit in that you're now adding that extra layer. The brand, the core brand is the same, 
but you're adding that extra layer to it. And then within your campaigns, you're either identifying, you know, maybe it's a like a print ad, you put it across the bottom, we support, or a portion of our charity, you know, our, front, our proceeds go to, blah, blah, blah. Uh, add a page on your website or a whole section on your website. You can start, you know, promoting it to social media. It's just an extra thing to get your name out there to, to reinforce your brand within your buyer's eyes. Now, <laughs> this is where you're thinking, wait, this is awesome because uh, what I can do is I can, it's a win-win for me where I promote this cause and my buyers eat it up and they're like, oh, this is great. I want to buy from this company. This is where it gets back to you really want to make sure it's something that's personal to you because if you're just picking something that you think your buyers are going to appreciate and you have absolutely no interest in it, well... I mean, you can do that, but it's it, it kind of loses a little something. It's not quite as heartfelt at that point. It's more of a um, business move, <laughs> money-grubbing business move. No, I didn't say that. It's a business move. So just make sure it does work for you and it works for your buyers. Now, on the conversely, you want to make sure that it's something that's not going to alienate your buyers. Uh, and I go back to the extremes. Um, let's say it's a, a, a nonprofit that is associated with a very extreme side of politics, you might want to leave that off your marketing because you're going to alienate a portion of your your uh, buyers from that. So just keep it, keep it something neutral or keep it something that's going to be uplifting. Before you get too far into your mission marketing program, you want to take some time and contact the nonprofit you're supporting or whoever's in charge of the particular cause and just talk to them about what you want to do. And they may have some advice on how your company, your corporation can work with them. They may have some uh, packets of information that you can use and like boilerplate language that you can put on your website. They may give you high resolution logos to use in your campaign itself. Just keep it, you know, just keep it the dialogue open and so they know who you are before you start promoting them. It also helps to know who's in charge just in case something's off a little bit with the nonprofit to know them before you start, before you tie your brand too deeply with somebody else. Just make sure you talk to them first. You also want to make sure that you're not beating your buyers over the head with this. Um, this is a goodwill gesture, something that you're doing from the heart. That's why it has to be personal. That's why you want it to be something that relates to them as well. So you you want to keep your, not necessarily subtle, but you want to be um, intelligent about you how you handle your mission marketing. It does not have to be incorporated into every single marketing piece and every marketing effort. But you should have on your website, you should have some information about the the cause, the mission, the nonprofit you're supporting, whatever it may be, and some information about why it, you know, it matters to you. And make sure that it works for your buyers. Uh, you want to confirm that this is something that they actually would care about. And it's not something that's going to alienate them. That's This is kind of key. Uh, it could be some a mission that's personal to you, but your buyers may go, oh my gosh, I can't believe this company is associated with this. I want nothing to do with them, nothing moving forward. So just do your homework before you incorporate this whole mission marketing program. It's a great, great add-on to business, add-on to your brand. Just do your homework first. Now I want to switch gears here and talk a little bit about nonprofit marketing. Brendan's going to join us after the break and he can pick it up from there. But I want to give a few just pointers on nonprofit marketing. I have been lucky enough to have worked with a number of nonprofits over the years through my firm, my marketing firm, CCS Innovations, as their marketing firm, or as a volunteer or just general supporter. And one of the first things I can tell you is that all of the rules that we've already covered, all of the, the tips and tricks that have been covered in all of my previous episodes apply to nonprofits. So just like any other business in that sense, still have to have a marketing strategy, still have the same tools, still have to research the audience, still have to look at developing that brand that's going to work for the audience, and then follow a calendar and just develop campaigns. All that still applies. Everything is still the same. The difference is that nonprofits don't have the same type of product or service exchange that a corporation would. So somebody's not going to come to the nonprofit and give money and get necessarily an, a, a tangible item back. Um, they're not going to buy a computer from you or a car. 
Instead, they are getting back a sense of goodwill or good gesture or community support or having contributed toward a greater mission than themselves. It's that emotion side of marketing that really has played up very strongly in nonprofits especially because it's 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 that's what you're trying to give them. You're trying to give them that sense of good, you know, having done something good for the greater community. Now, emotions are are a little bit of tricky thing in, in marketing, and and this is one. This is tip number two. The first tip, of course, being that everything else applies. <laughs> tip number two is to choose your emotions carefully. We've all seen those commercials that just make you want to cry. They, you know, there's a starving child or an abused animal, and it's just so sad. And in some cases, people turn away. They're just a major turnoff. I can't take it anymore. I don't want to deal with that. And so the mission and the message is is lost because it's a turnoff. It's so sad. Instead, if there's a positive spin, we've taken this sadness and we've made it through your contributions, through your support, we've made something good happen from it. That changes the entire approach and it makes it something that people can go, oh, I see how I can do something better. I see how I can contribute. And not to say that every nonprofit deals with something that's sad. Of course not. Some of them deal with the very, very happiest of things. And bringing joy, um, make a wish, for instance, it just brings joy to children who are, are uh, suffering from some sort of disease or just, you know, something that they just have a happy day. Um, or it could be just, you know, some, a memorial toward somebody who has deserved it. It could be a park or, or some kind of area for people to play. There are a lot of different nonprofits out there, and there are a lot of different missions. And that's a good thing because we're all different, and we all have some personal connection with these different missions. But the, having that positive spin on the marketing and seeing how that donation or how that volunteer day makes a difference changes everything. It's, it's so different from making somebody cry and turn away to saying, oh, I see how this is important to me. Because remember, buyers want to know how it means something to them. They want to get something back. And if they're not getting something tangible because the donations are, um, you know, their donation's not like a purchase, then you have to give them something else in exchange. Now, the good news is that uh, in the United States, at least, donations can be tax deductible. And in 2017, we gave $410 billion toward nonprofits. So tip number three is to, and if you're in a nonprofit, you understand this already, toward the end of the year, that's when people start looking at donations and start looking toward their taxes. So you don't have to be overt about it, but you can just remind them how it's a tax donation um, or your status is you've certified as a, a tax deductible nonprofit. I have to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll continue on our discussion of nonprofits. You're listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention the show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You 
you are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. Welcome back to I Think I Need Marketing. I am so pleased to introduce my next guest, Brendan Hurley, who is the Chief Marketing Officer of Goodwill of Greater Washington. Welcome, Brendan. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So Goodwill of Washington, a brand that is really well known within the marketplace and you do so many wonderful things. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. Goodwill is a diverse social enterprise. And what that means for any listeners who are not familiar with the term, uh, Goodwill is a nonprofit organization. 91 cents out of every dollar we earn goes towards our mission services, but we operate like a very traditional business. Uh, While we provide job training and employment services for people with disabilities and disadvantages, and we run our own adult public charter high school, uh, the only one in the District of Columbia, as a matter of fact, that offers a high school diploma rather than a GED, uh, we generate the revenue that funds those programs and services through diverse business operations. Most people know us because of our retail stores. We sell donated goods in our 20 stores here in the greater Washington metropolitan area. But we also have a diverse contracts division. We, we run a pest control business, a grounds <laughs> maintenance business, a custodial business. And many of the people that are employed through those business operations are people with severe disabilities. So we're not oh. only fulfilling our mission, but we're employing people that otherwise might be unemployable. That's fantastic. I mean, that, that makes me like it all the more. <laughs> it's just amazing. But from a, a marketing standpoint, that's got to be a challenge, trying to promote one mission or the greater mission within those different, it's almost like you have service channels or verticals that you're trying to, trying to market. Is that the case? It- it is. Uh, it, it makes our job challenging uh, while rewarding, very challenging. We have multiple audiences that we're trying to communicate with, and the messages and conditions for each of those audiences, uh, it can be very different, right? The people who are donating their household goods to us are not necessarily the people that are also shopping in our stores. The people that need our mission services are not necessarily the people that are donating to us. Uh, even the people in our mission services division, right? You have some people that need job training. They want a job tomorrow in the hospitality industry or in the healthcare industry to two uh, industries in which we provide free job training. And then you have another population of people who just want their high school diploma, which they feel will make them far more marketable when they graduate. And so the, again, the value proposition for each of those populations is going to be very different. So we've got to do a lot of segmenting and make sure that our messaging is spot on. And at the same time, you're still, because you are a nonprofit, you are still trying to focus on the budget and make sure that you are uh, aware of how much each, how far each dollar has to go. I mean, it's, it's got to be an additional, additional uh, challenge. Wh- how do you t- choose the tools? How are you looking at what's going to work for each segment? We do our due diligence. You know, we try to stay up on trends and in, in new technologies. Uh, as a matter of fact, we are... With the exception of the Excel Center, our, our high school, our charter high school, we still continue to use um, uh, broadcast radio, terrestrial radio, for the Excel Center because it's a marketing vehicle that works for us. But for our other job training programs and our business operations, retail predominantly, we've all but eliminated uh, traditional uh, media from the mix. It's almost all digital now, digital and mobile. Wow. And then for, within that, you have to change your, your content. You have to change your approach depending on the audience to make sure that you're reaching the right people. What about the emotions? How are you use emotion within your marketing? Uh, it is critical. It is critical for us, especially being a nonprofit. I mean, I think that the strength of any brand is the, the, the nature of the emotional attachment that you can achieve with your your stakeholders. So at Goodwill, being a mission-driven organization, I I suppose to some degree that provides a bit more of an advantage when competing against a more traditional retailer in the case of our retail operations, um, because we have a, you know, there's a personal story attached to every item that's donated to us and every item that's sold. Mm -hmm. And of course, to the people that are impacted by every one of those sales. So it provides us with an ability to, to develop an emotional response 
uh, to the people that are not only donating their goods to us, but also to the people who are shopping in our stores. And we try very hard to do that. Um, utilizing social media, it makes it easier. You know, it's all about building a community community online with the use of social media. And I think that's where we tend to spend a lot of our time these days, really trying to build that community and develop that that uh, brand affinity, that mission affinity for Goodwill. Do you ever find yourself limited by use, the use of people who work within Goodwill, let's say like a person you've helped or somebody in your school, using them in social media? Do you ever have a, a challenge with highlighting them in your marketing? Sometimes we do. Um, we require that anyone who comes into our job training programs or our, even our high school signs a release form allowing us to have access to their personal stories though mm-hmm. we don't we're not rigid about it we don't require that you know we're never going to hold someone's feet to the fire and say you sign this form therefore we're going to tell your personal story we understand a lot of the challenges that are faced by uh, faced by the people that come through our doors many of them don't want people to know where they are right a lot of them have have horrible stories right. um, some who have been dealing with um you know, abuse issues. Uh, a lot of them, the people that we serve are ex-offenders and they don't necessarily want to share that side of their life. They're, they're, they've made a turn and, and they want to focus on the future. Uh, so they don't necessarily want to look back in that context. You know, so we're very sensitive to that. Um, and if, if someone, you know, does not want to have their personal story included online or shared online, then, you know, we won't do that. Uh, but what we have found is that the vast majority of people who utilize Goodwill services are really anxious to tell their stories because they think that it can help someone else and you know if they want to do that we certainly embrace it i've always thought that especially with a nonprofit, there was that fine line where you were either exploiting somebody but at the same time you have to tell the story so people can understand the mission they can understand why they're helping and so it's kind of like that tightrope that you're walking between them in marketing that's great that most of them like it yeah Um, you know the these the, the 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 people that that come to Goodwill, by and large, are people that are just looking for an opportunity to succeed, right? At the top of our you know, hierarchy of needs is self-sufficiency. And these are all people that are just looking to find a way that they can um, find success uh, uh, without having to lean on the federal government in many cases. Thank you. I lost you a little bit on that last, what did you, the federal government, was that how you ended that? Well, a lot of people that come through our doors are people that are trying to get off of welfare, for example, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't want to be on welfare. They don't want to have to rely on the federal government to feed their families. They're looking for that level of self-sufficiency that will allow them to um, provide for themselves and their families without having uh, the government to lean on. But going back to marketing and, and trying to develop that message, is there ever uh, a worry about having your hand up, for instance, if you're putting something out there that you're asking all the time, constantly asking rather than maybe, rather than just the the warm and fuzzy, you know, feeling that somebody would get from donating. Is there ever that concern? All the time. You know, there there are, just in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, there are over 7,000 NGOs here, right? And they're Mm -hmm. all out asking for uh, support, whether it's financial or, in our case, uh, pre- predominantly the, the request for household goods. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're constantly asking, it, it does, you, you run the risk of burning people out, mm-hmm. right, uh, with the constant request for support. I do think that the advantage that we have is that we're, while we do have a fundraising division, a robust fundraising division, you know, only about uh, 2% of our annual revenue comes through traditional fundraising methods, wow. right? Okay. Nine, yeah, 98% of it comes from our business operations, which, which provides us with a, a level of, of uh, you know, kind of a, a bit of a safety net with the downturn in the economy. You know, we're not relying on individual or corporate giving to, mm-hmm. you know, to drive our organization. And quite frankly, during the downturn in, in uh, uh, the economy, our retail business is booming because people are looking for low-cost shopping options. You know, the challenge on that end is making sure that we can drive the supply chain and get enough you know, donations in the door to uh, meet the demand. Uh, fortunately, we live in a very affluent and generous community here in the greater Washington metropolitan area. And that has, you know, I'm knocking on wood as I say, this but that has really not not been a huge issue for us yet but you know that we certainly run that risk that it could be you know i I don't know if you're familiar with marie kondo but uh, she has a a video series on decluttering that has become extremely popular yes (laughs) i've heard that the people are just uh flooding the different donation centers with things because of her 
Yeah, and we felt it. You know, we have felt that our January was was huge. Usually, January is a down month for us because people have 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 rushed to our donation centers at the end of December to you know take advantage of year end tax deductions and and you know clean out a lot of items that they've replaced with new holiday gifts and, and Christmas gifts. Um, but this year, January was was booming from a donation standpoint. Absolutely booming. We had one of our donation centers the first week of January, which is typically very slow. We had one donation center whose donations were up over 160%. Wow. <laughs> so are you promoting her show on your social media feeds? <laughs> like doing little well, clips we, from it? <laughs> uh, we, we do love Marie Kondo. And we talk about her quite a bit on our social media channels. <laughs> so how are you tracking ROI on your marketing efforts? How, what is success for you? It really depends on what we're marketing. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, we are involved with driving the the, the, the back end of our retail operations, our, our donation supply chain. So we need to get people that are going to be donating their merchandise to us. We're we're marketing the front end of our of our retail operations, trying to get people in the front door to buy those goods. We're also working very closely with our mission services division and our charter high school on recruitment, uh, as well as in our as well as working with our HR department to try to find you know qualified employees. Uh, for the organization. You know, we have about a thousand employees here at Goodwill of Greater Washington and there's, you know, a lot of turnover, especially in the retail division, which is pretty standard in, in, in retail. Mm-hmm. And so we're constantly trying to help them find new and, you know, qualified associates. Um, so the metrics that we use can vary from a retail perspective. It's very simple. Um, you know, foot traffic in the front door of our retail stores. Uh, from a donation perspective, it's the donation count. How many donations are we getting in? From a recruitment standpoint is the number of applications that we're receiving, you know, I could go deeper and deeper if you really wanted to, but I think those are the primary <laughs> metrics that we, we tend to look at, you know, but, but for looking, you know, utilizing being a very data driven organization, we look at a lot of numbers and, you know, even from a social media perspective, we're constantly evaluating the engagement level and the click through rates and a lot of things that, that many marketers evaluate. So do you run, uh, anything other than a straightforward kind of content campaign are you looking at I mean I, I can't imagine you would run something like a contest on social media or something else like that but how are you how are you figuring out what's going to work within the different uh, your different business units we do a lot of testing you know uh-huh. sometimes we, we hit and sometimes we miss you know right. we've tried contests believe it or not um, we've never really run one that I've found to be extremely successful mm-hmm. but, but we have tried them from time to time um you know, we are one of few organizations that actually have separate social media sites for our different business operations. Mm-hmm. For example, we have a, a Facebook page and a, and a Twitter feed and an Instagram page for our um, retail operations that is that is super focused on fashion. Uh, it's been a campaign that has been extremely successful for us, tying goodwill to fashion and mm-hmm. trying to tap into those those fashion influencers who we've known for years have been shopping in our stores, uh, but up until you know recently have not been vocal advocates for our brand. But you know they're coming out of the woodwork now and are very proud of shopping at Goodwill because thrifting and and um, uh, uh, shopping at Goodwill has become very hip and trendy. Especially um, after Maria Kondo has everybody throwing everything. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, right. And, All last year's have- fashions are new again. Right, exactly, and that's that's very true, and we hope that that trend continues. You know, but we also have separate feeds, uh, social media feeds for um, our mission services, the mission services side of what we do, because there are going to be people out there who are really motivated to support the organization because they believe in the mission, and then there are going to be those people who, you know, quite frankly, are not as concerned with the mission. They're more interested in the value proposition of shopping at Goodwill stores. So while there is certainly a crossover in there, and we we walk a fine line in trying to make sure that we're providing the appropriate quality and quantity of content for each of those populations, we also understand that their true motivations are going to differ, so it makes sense for us to try to super serve each of those populations differently. And as far as the feel of the, of the, the different marketing that you put out, is it always kind of positive? Are you always trying to be on the, the upswing, you know, that this is how we help you versus you can help us? Yes. Yeah. We always try to provide a value proposition and we always want to try to monetize, you know, the, the, the impact of the, the donations that, that the community is making to us. So, for example, um, if we can monetize the size of a donation, uh, you know, let's say every $24 that we're making off of a sale is one hour of free job training, right? That's how mm-hmm. much it costs to put someone through one hour of free job training. Mm-hmm. So we can, we can provide a measurable uh, return on investment for the people that are shopping and donating to Goodwill. 
Well, we have to take a break. Uh, When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. You're listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm, working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention the show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. Welcome back to I Think I Need Marketing. I'm here with Brendan Hurley, who is the Chief Marketing Officer of Goodwill of Greater Washington. Before we took our break... Brendan and I were discussing developing that kind of feel for content and how to put his goodwill image and brand out into the world. Brendan, can you share a little bit more about how you develop campaigns and how you kind of plan out your year and, and for the different business units? Sure. Well, it all starts when we have our strategic planning retreats, usually in midsummer, and all the divisions get together for a couple of days, and we talk about what the overarching needs of the organization are, and then the marketing, strategic marketing plan really uh, is developed coming out of that strategic planning retreat. Uh, we focus on the core organizational goals, but there are also sub-marketing goals that aren't a part of that overall retreat. For example, um, this year, 2019, one of our overarching goals for the organization was to refocus on organizational culture. And I think certainly marketing plays a big role in that. But that's um, one of our sub-goals is still going to be to drive foot traffic in our retail stores. wasn't one of our four key goals, but it it is in the marketing world, right? So uh, we have to identify exactly what the organizational goals are, but also understand what our operational goals are going to be for goodwill and then develop a plan coming out of that. Um, Then we need to, you know, understand and identify the vehicles that we're going to be using. They're going to help us achieve those goals, look at what the, the messaging is going to be, uh, make sure that we have identified the appropriate audiences and and a target are targeting them uh, appropriately, whether that's you know demographic, geographic, psychographic, and ensure that the messaging and the creative that we're using and the vehicles that we're using to reach them um, are going to be effective. I, I don't think there's any major secret in how we go about developing <laughs> our, our marketing campaigns. Um, but what makes us, you know, unique, as we touched on earlier, is the fact that we've got so many diverse audiences and the messaging has to appeal to each of those audiences without, um, you know, damaging the nature of our reputation with another audience who doesn't may not necessarily find, you know, shopping at Goodwill as appealing as donating to Goodwill. So that actually brings me to two questions. The first one is... How do you deal with the parent brand and trying to put your unique spin locally? Since you are in in Washington, D.C., maybe a different goodwill from another part of the country. How do you how do you manage that part of it? 
That's an excellent question, and it's 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 hard. It's, you know, most people think of goodwill as goodwill. They don't understand that we're all independent and autonomous 501c3 organizations. So if they hear about something that's going on at Goodwill in, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska, for example, they may just as likely believe that's something that is happening in Washington D.C. too, or in the greater Washington D.C. region. You know, we we wrestle frequently with with uh, retail related issues uh, around that because you know, obviously we touch other territories and if there's a goodwill say in Baltimore the Baltimore region that is running a sale we'll get people that will cross over into our territory and go to one of our stores and expect they're going to get the same sale right. and that's not always going to be the case so it can become very very challenging uh, we try to differentiate ourselves as much as possible by emphasizing that we are goodwill of greater Washington uh, but again in the minds of most consumers um, it, it's th- that doesn't necessarily resonate uh, it's a little bit easier through social because we have a dedicated community of people who who are supportive of our goodwill versus goodwill, um, but using you know more generic uh, brand messaging, uh, regional brand messaging, it does become a little bit more challenging. We wrestle with it every day. And you mentioned that you had so many different and and perhaps even complementary or competing nonprofits in the in the region. Do you work together with them, or do you, how do you? How do you not fight because you're all trying to do such good work? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, there are several good, several nonprofit organizations in the metropolitan area that we work side by side with. And, you know, we have a very strong and collaborative relationship with a lot of, of nonprofit agencies. One that immediately comes to mind is the Salvation Army. You know, mm-hmm. we, we directly compete against them head to head in our retail operations, but they, we have very different missions. Uh, ours is job training and employment services, and theirs is, uh, they have a, a, you know, a variety of missions, but, you know, uh, uh, trying to help people. People get get off, you know, drug addictions and, and what have you is 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 a big one of theirs. So, um, you know, there's not necessarily that level of competition from a mission standpoint. And their business operations, even looking at it from a retail standpoint, are different. We have a chain of 20 stores that are all. I don't want to get too much into the weeds here, but you know, they're all between 15 and 25,000 square feet. Their retail operations in this market are huge. You know, they're they're thrift superstores, so mm-hmm. to speak. So. Mm-hmm. We have 20 stores. They have a small handful. I think they have three or four in a, in a market as big as Washington, D.C. So we don't necessarily compete uh, head-to-head um, as much as people might think we do. Um, we work very closely with the United Way, of course, uh, with the American Red Cross. Uh, you know, there are a lot of good organizations in, in um, D.C. and the D.C. region that uh, we, we work with because our goal is to serve the same populations. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense for us to, to collaborate. Do you find yourselves working together on events? Let's say, I mean, I'm thinking right now like a charity runs or, or various um, events that people put together and they're going to benefit these. You know, they always list uh, nonprofits they're benefiting. Uh, is that something that you actively seek out you, as part of your marketing, um, or is it something that you just kind of hope that it happens, but it's not really the main focus? If it makes sense, yes. We work with them on, um, uh, we work with other nonprofit organizations on a lot of things. And one that we tend to work very collaboratively with other organizations on is, you know, sustainability related issues. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to, uh, you know, collect donated goods that we can resell. Uh, but at the same time, we, are, we have to be pragmatic about it. We also tend to get a lot of, trash, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, and that has to be disposed of. And so we work with other nonprofit agencies, especially a lot of government-based agencies, um, to try to ensure that those th- those donations are being properly handled so that they're not just filling up area landfills. So last year, we, we kept uh, over 38 million pounds of, 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 uh, of merchandise out of our area landfills. Okay, that's fantastic. What about public opinion and just maintaining that brand opinion? Because you are so well known and you are always out and actively working within the community and you have a thousand employees. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're a bigger, you're bigger footprint than just like the smaller nonprofits. What do you do to kind of keep that public opinion? Not necessarily people who are donating or actively part of your school, but just kind of keep that, that image out there. Well, reputational management is a big part of what we do, mm-hmm. uh, certainly from a marketing standpoint. And a point you touched on earlier makes it even more of a challenge, and, and that's because m- many people don't 
recognize us as Goodwill of Greater Washington. They just recognize us as Goodwill. So if there is uh, a Goodwill in another part of the country that um, uh, where something may have happened that made that damaged their brand, uh, we feel we feel that too. Uh, for the same reasons, people don't separate us. They think, well, if the the goodwill out here and and this community did something, you know, uh, 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 made a big mistake, uh, you know, goodwill of Greater Washington is going to feel the pinch too. You're all part of the same organization, mm-hmm. and we have to constantly communicate. Well, we're not. We sh- we share the same brand, but we operate independently of one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does pose a lot of challenges, and especially as as you mentioned, you know, we have a thousand employees who are all communicating their experiences with goodwill through their own social media channels and and you know that uh, you know we, we we hope that all of our employees have good experiences here and so far we've been very fortunate uh, but you know that that that's a possibility right what if a disgruntled former employee decides that they want to go out and and say some negative things about goodwill of greater Washington uh, that may or may not be true uh, you know we've got to manage that process so you know when we're the 800 pound gorilla in the marketplace um, it can be very difficult, but you know, we try to get in front of it as much as we can and ensure that we are actively and appropriately communicating the good that our organization does in the community. Uh, and I think that we've found some success up to this point. We can, we were going to continue to try to improve upon our, our uh, regional reputation, and hopefully that will impact the national and global reputation as well. What about yourself? Since you've joined Goodwill, has your approach to nonprofit marketing, or at least just your idea of the concept of nonprofit marketing changed at all? Oh, no question about it. You know, I, one of the challenges I still think exists in the nonprofit sector is that is too many boards and nonprofit leaders look at marketing and communications. They still look at marketing and communications as being the department that writes the press releases, it runs the galas, and the five Ks. <laughs> and you know, we all know that it's so much more than that now. Um, marketing has become a very, very um, diverse. Uh, operational division of, of any organization. It's become far more strategic. Uh, it plays a key role in in um, in, in revenue development, uh, reputational management, as as we discussed. So there's there's so much more that goes into it. And uh, our approach to marketing, well, I think has always been uh, a little more sophisticated than than some organizations. Um, you know, we have moved like a lot, you know, away from the use of traditional media uh, into the digital and mobile world. And matter of fact, our biggest uh, investment, media investment this year is is in mobile display marketing mm-hmm. to try to drive not only retail foot traffic and donations, but also recruit employees and individuals for our, our job training programs in our, our, our um, adult public charter high school. Has it always worked? <laughs> Times it doesn't work. No, <laughs> oh, you just had to ask. That. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it hasn't always worked. Uh, you know, we certainly have our share of fails, and but we look at it as a learning opportunity, and and if we can um, take the lessons learned from our failures, hopefully that will just continue to make us us better. I remember a few years ago we decided to make an investment in a local uh, business periodical that included. Um, some videos and, and digital content, and the goal was to better inform and educate the corporate community on what Goodwill does, uh, in the hopes that we could uh, leverage that for additional corporate funding. And we spent a lot of time and a lot of resources developing and producing these videos and posting them on the the, the web the the corporate website and or linking to them to our YouTube page and. Um, it was a well. The videos were fantastic, and the periodical was great to work with. It really did not generate the results that we were seeking on any level. It was the click-through rate was extremely low. Uh, it didn't generate any additional funding. Um, we did get some great videos out of it that we still use today. Uh, so I think that there certainly were some benefits to the campaign, but nowhere near what we were expecting. Do you think it was partially saturation, partially just? so many different nonprofits in the same area? I certainly believe that was probably part of it. Um, I think that there's, as you said, there's a lot of organizations out there asking for support. 
And I think at that point, perhaps we were viewed as just one more. Right. You know, one of the dangers of being an organization that has such a strong, such strong brand recognition, while I think that we need to work on mission recognition, uh, everyone's heard of Goodwill. You know, nine out of 10 people you'll ask will say that they've donated to Goodwill or shopped at a Goodwill store. Um, you know, we still run the risk of, uh, you know, the, the, the Kleenex uh, effect, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, when people donate, they say they donate to Goodwill, but they're actually donating to any any other charity. They right. view us as just that it's a generic term for an organization to whom you donate your goods. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I remember several years ago, I was on the phone with a reporter who was calling me. She was writing a story on some donation bins that had been placed in a parking lot of a shopping center. And the landlord of the shopping center wanted them to remove, wanted them removed. And she insisted that they were Goodwill bins. And I said, I'm sorry, but they're not. We don't have any bins out there. But she insisted, went back to the landlord. Landlord said, yes, they're Goodwill bins. I said, did you look at the name on the bins? <laughs> did you and she read said, it? no, I didn't. Yeah. She, you know, she acknowledged that. She had not looked at the names on the bin. She had taken the landlord's uh, word for it. So she went out to the to the, the shopping center, looked at the donation bins, and they were not Goodwill bins. Mm-hmm. He was using the term Goodwill very generically. They were Goodwill bins, not donation bins. He meant to say donation bins, but he was using the term <laughs> Goodwill. So, you know, there is some, there's power to that, that brand recognition, but there is some challenges to it as well. I can only imagine. Now, as far as the uh, taking it to the next level and, and moving forward and, and it just kind of keeping your marketing program fresh and, and pushing it toward the, toward the mission, anything that's uh, coming up in the future, any new technologies that you're looking at? Um, well, like I said, we are um, have I have a tremendous affinity for mobile display advertising right now. It's mm-hmm. simply something that we're spending a lot of our time on. Um, it seems to be very effective for us. There are strong metrics behind it. We can measure attribution, so I can I can tell how many people are seeing our ads and then walking into our retail stores, and then we can you know understanding our conversion rates in our retail stores. I can I can measure how much money we're likely making off of each each of those campaigns. So it's a very powerful tool for us. Um, you know, a couple of things that I continue to have tremendous interest in are um, AI and mm-hmm. and gaming. I'd love to try to find a way gaming. that we can integrate, <laughs> integrate those fun. into what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, you know, we've looked at it. We've looked at different different options to try to figure out if there's there's any way you know we can, if, if any way we can incorporate that somehow into our into our mobile app. Um, we've not gone there yet. We have to find the right opportunity. Uh, but again, you know, it has to make sense for us too. I don't want to do right. something just for the sake of doing just it. Just for the sake of doing it, right? Yeah, but I find them both fascinating and I and I do think that there is probably going to be opportunity for us down the road in those areas so, so I'm keeping my eyes open well you'll have to send me information if you ever get that gaming up and running because that would <laughs> be very cool <laughs> well unfortunately we are out of time uh, is there a best way for people to reach you should they uh, have any questions or care to support Goodwill of Greater Washington Sure. They can visit our website, uh, dcgoodwill.org. Uh, I have a personal profile on LinkedIn. They can reach me there. Just look for Brendan Hurley. Type in Brendan Hurley, Goodwill of Greater Washington. Um, they can uh, email me if they want. My email address is brendan.hurley at dcgoodwill.org. So uh, I'd be happy to answer any questions, and I'll probably have just as many if someone wants to reach out to me about what they're doing and how, what we might be able to learn from them. Well, I really appreciate your time today. I hope this was at least entertaining (laughs) for you. Uh, And I'm sure it'll be helpful for many others out there. And uh, looking forward to seeing the great things that you have planned for the future. Goodwill. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. You have been listening to I Think I Need Marketing. You can always find me on ithinkineed.com or email me at bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Episodes can be found on iTunes under I Think I Need Marketing. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been I Think I Need Marketing. Thank you for listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Be sure to join Bonnie Taylor for another episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week, think of what you could be doing differently in your marketing program.